Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome World Series champ Eric Hosmer. He uh, has just recently retired, but he is staying very active because he is also launching a brand new media company called Moonball Media, which we will get into in just a second. Eric, welcome to the show. It's funny, I I did A's pre and post for uh, nine years, and there was a picture from 2012, which I just tweeted, I'm in your dugout at the Coliseum just sitting on my butt, and you're getting gum. And I always remembered someone took that picture of us. But I remember that 2012 season, and I would hang out in that dugout, and you and Moose, you guys were so relaxed. And I covered all the visiting teams. You guys just seemed very cool and down-to-earth, and you were a very easy team to root for. What was it about that sort of mentality? You guys didn't seem that tense. Yeah, Rick, I appreciate you, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we, especially that 2012, we were, we were young then, so as young guys, you don't want to kind of sit around the clubhouse and make it seem like you're not doing anything. So we were definitely in the dugout. We were definitely outside doing our thing and trying to get ready. But, um, you know, it was unique. It was a unique opportunity for all of us. We had all kind of grinded through the minor leagues together. And then during that time in 2012, we all got called up to the big leagues around the same time. So, you know, we had our veteran leaders on the team and Alex Gordon and some of those guys. But for the most part, it was uh, a big group of rookies and guys that, you know, we're all successful in the minor leagues together, so that's maybe where that comfort came in a little bit. And, you know, at the time, did you guys think, because forever you'd go back to 85 with that Saberhagen team, did you think, oh, we're really building something here, or were you kind of thinking, ah, you know, maybe we'll get to 500 and, and threaten, but we're not going to win at all? I mean, I'm. did you guys know something special was brewing? We, so the, the end, I always tell people the, the second half of 2013, 2014 was the first year we went to the World Series. So 2013, the second half, coming out of the All-Star break, we had a nine-day road trip, and we won like eight and nine. And we were like, man, we're rolling right now. We ended up having one of the better uh, records in the second half in all of baseball. And I think going into that offseason, all of us thought, we can do this for another half of baseball, and we can definitely sustain this. And we always thought that was possible. I don't know if winning a World Series or getting to the World Series was really a realistic thought in our minds. But then in that 14 run, when we won that wild card game and kind of just blacked out all the way to the World Series, we certainly realized then that, man, this is possible and this group we have can do this. And, you know, after losing in 14, we added a couple pieces in 15. You know, we definitely had that confidence that we can go win this thing. And then what about being the third overall pick, you know, because remember it's like, uh, you know, he was he was picked before Posey. I mean, he's got all this pressure on him, and, and, and you lived up to it. I mean, were there, I mean they're going to fast-track you, but they're not going to do it if you're not performing. So did you feel that pressure of being third overall? Um, you know, everyone's going to feel pressure being a high pick, getting a high bonus, and then doing all that type of stuff. But I was fortunate because, like I just told you, we the plan with the Royals on, on winning was to build within the farm system. So it really wasn't like one guy was going to save the whole organization. It was like, all right, we need this group to be the group of guys that we can turn things around and get back to like it was in those days in the 80s with George and Saberhagen and all the guys you mentioned. So I think that took a little bit of the pressure off just knowing that, all right, it's us as a group that is supposed to be this this change of, of winning and this change of culture, not just one guy. By the way, a couple of years ago, I sang the national anthem at an Idaho Falls Chuckers game, and I'm just bringing it up because I know you were there for about five minutes. It's actually a nice little town, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love I love Idaho Falls. They put me in a real tough spot. 
So obviously I sign, I go there, and everybody knew what my signing bonus was, and they put my first walk-up, uh, my first at-bat, the walk-up song was $6 million man, so <laughs> the fans didn't really like that one too much. And they put me in a tough spot, but other than that, I got nothing but great things to say about Idaho Falls. I'm also a big fan of the World Baseball Classic, and I've I've been to two of them. And I know that was important to you, and and you picked the right year to go. How cool was that to wear USA? Man, that was I've gotten to be on the USA teams at some of the amateur levels, but to do that for the WBC uh, was unbelievable. And then to win gold, you know, I remember uh, the second round we were sitting in our our team meeting there in San Diego, and Joe Torre was the GM. He was giving a speech to the team and. And Leland was behind him, you know, pacing back and forth, getting ready to give his speech as the manager. And it was one of those pinch-myself moments, man. Like, you look around the clubhouse and see nothing but superstars. Then you look at the staff and the coaches and the people that are running this. And, man, it was awesome. And I know it did well last year. Everybody was watching. And that's something that's really exciting. And I hope baseball can do that more than, you know, once every three, four years, whatever it is. But I know these are hard to put on, too. You're a Royals legend. We know that. You got the ring. Um, also playing for the Pods and some great old teams like the Sox and the Cubs. A lot of times you don't get to retire on your own terms, and I think that's probably something that you would say. I mean, you played until you couldn't play anymore, and maybe you get another year out of it, but it's got to feel good that you weren't forced out of the game, right? Yeah, it definitely feels good, you know, and, and we all get to the point where you know your body just won't let you perform how you want to and you can't really prepare the way you want to as well so um i think you got to recognize that and and you know like i kind of said i'm on digging deep my podcast yesterday the first episode if i'm not out there for 150 160 games then you know i'm not uh really being productive to the team other than playing first base and being a left-handed bat so just felt that my body wouldn't uh you know couldn't get to back to that point of performing the way i wanted to so uh just gonna be a dad and enjoy this life and um you know we got moonball media starting up with digging deep podcast on there so it still feels like i'm gonna find a way to give back to the game reach the youth and reach some of these young big leaguers as well yeah, the Moonball Media, as I was mentioning, as you guys uh, launched it there, the Digging Deep podcast, and uh, it's not just you. It says uh, Fast Channel Partnerships. You're you're branching out, aren't you? Yeah, so my partner, Anthony Saratelli, he, uh, we played together in the minor leagues, and then 2015, he's, his career ended. He was with the Mets in AAA, and he got into this content world on the production side, and uh, that's kind of his expertise, and I'm just really going to, focus and hone in on the digging deep podcast but on the moonball side you know we're um i know we have major league whiffle ball that we've teamed up with we got a couple documentaries that we've gotten the right to some people or i know we're trying to figure out now to to put out some documentaries and stuff so he's really good at storytelling he's really good at producing that all and kind of making that vision come to reality on the screen so i'm excited i'm excited to you know reach these people in many other ways other than just digging deep podcasts so now you have the World Series ring. Where where's your AL ring? Because I remember I asked JT Snow after the Giants lost the the O two World Series, and he said, "I think it's in my son's room. I don't want the NL ring." There's just something <laughs> when you don't get the World Series ring. So, do you, do you line those up with like the four gold gloves, like the best trophy in sports? Man, I, I got to agree with JT on this one. That ring gets no love whatsoever, <laughs> man, and it, it should. It really should get more because. You know, it was such a unique team. It was such a unique story. We we swept the whole entire American League and then went on to the World Series and all that. But 
I mean, if you put that one next to the World Series ring, there's there's no doubt in my mind which one I'm holding on to. By the way, one last question about that. Do you tip your hat to Bumgarner and say, man, what an epic performance, or do you say, oh, I can't believe the starting pitcher pitched a 1,000 innings out of the bullpen? You know, that is something that is is what what makes it so cool, and I guess it can be called cool because we went back at 1-15, and 15, but the years after I would see Mad Bum, and even when he signed with Arizona and I was in San Diego, we always caught ourselves talking about 2014, and I would tell him, that he's my worst nightmare, and, and he's the best pitcher in the game, in my opinion, because of what he did to us. And he was just like, man, those teams were so good. Those battles were so good. And that atmosphere in Kansas City, I remember warming up. Those people had me wanting to cry in the bullpen because of all the stuff they were saying to me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, honestly, it, it really was one of the most iconic performances from an individual on the baseball side. And everybody knows, you know, you can be a hitter and take over and then have these postseasons like Bryce has been having these last couple of years. But as a pitcher, it's a little different. You can only kind of take part in a certain amount of games. And he made the point to take part in, in, in about three of those games where I think he got the win in a couple of them. So uh, Mad Bum, is, is there's nothing but respect in my eyes from him. And that guy is, is a champion. That's, there's no doubt about that. World Series champion Eric Hosmer. Make sure to check out his brand-new podcast called Digging Deep. And this is all part of his media company, with Anthony Saratelli. It's called Moonball Media. Check it out. Eric, great career, and uh, congratulations on an exciting new career. And once again, like going back more than a decade, thanks for being cool to all the, uh, the media people like myself. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys, Rick, and I'm going to be picking your guys' brain on how to do all this and how to go about it. So I uh, appreciate all the kind words, and I'm sure we'll see each other in the near future at one of these events. All right, really good stuff. From Eric Hosmer, everybody, Moonball Media, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Byline.